This episode of the podcast Under the Stairs is brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Check out the podcast Under the Stairs and many other shows over at legionpodcast.com. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is a very special episode. This is bonus episode number 16. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Now, this is the second week of bonus episodes and truth be told the reason that this week is a bonus episode is that I'm currently not located under the stairs. Right now I'm probably gambling my child away um, in Vegas. <laughs> um, I, I'm on a bit of a, a vacation as they, they like to call it in America. Holiday over here. Um, I'm doing the touristy thing but I know how frustrating it is to have a, a podcast library full of podcasts and then one of your podcasts they decide to go on holiday and then there's no show for a couple of weeks and I thought what I would do is put out a little bonus episode. To be honest with you this is pretty much flying by the seat of the pants it was organised very last minute and if I was ever going to do that there's only one man I would call to take this suicidal journey with me it is of course my compadre my cohort, my colleague the man, the myth, the legend the Baz Hola my sexy little technically challenged bitches (laughs) How's it going Baz? It's not going great mate, it's not going great I am in fucking laptop hell (laughs) Um, we uh, to put put the listeners in the picture. Um, it's now about ten to nine uh, on a Monday evening. Duncan and I had agreed that we would begin recording about quarter to eight yeah, on it's... said Monday evening. <laughs> um, and do you know the, the fucking ironic thing is, I've been off all day and I had my computer set up and everything early on. The lab just fired up Skype and everything, make sure so I'm not dicking about. When uh, when Duncan phones me and couldn't have gone worse, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to speak to you anyway. How you doing? I'm I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Um, as, you, as you know, I've had a recent little spell in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and I am recovering from that. Not too bad. Um, not quite back to my, my usual virile, sexy self, but uh, oh. I'm running about ninety percent. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a laugh if you want. Um, you my go. good buddy um, Ryan Lewis from Graveshift Radio was messaging me back and forwards last week on the day that you were actually in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ryan became aware because I spoke to him on Instagram. Yeah, he thought it was me though. So he all right. Sent, he sent me a message saying, "Man, is everything all right? You know, you've been in the hospital and stuff." And I forgot what day it was. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> And he's like, is everything okay? You know, it's like, you know, you've been in the hospital. And I was like, I'm not in the hospital. Where are you getting this? And he's like, um, you posted it on your Instagram page. I was like, oh no, that's the bass. And he's like, oh, that's fine then. Yeah, fuck you, Ryan. I was like, that's really nice, man. Ryan's checking, you know, asking how I'm getting on and that on Instagram. So you thought it was the wrong person. <laughs> no, I thought it was me. He yeah. doesn't care about you. No one cares about you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> No, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're doing well and you're on the road to recovery. However, what it has done is pretty much cleared your schedule up 
to binge like a motherfucker. You're putting me to shame with the amount of horror movies you've been watching. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit fucking nuts because, again, to put the listeners in the picture, it's not that long ago um, that you and I recorded The Last Baz V Horror. Yeah. Um, when we were looking at Creep. Um, and I rattled through quite a, a list of, of movies. We hadn't really done the What Have You Been Watching type segment for a while. Um, so I rattled through quite a, a lengthy list of them. And that was only about a week ago, I think, we recorded that. And I think yeah. that my new list's longer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I've uh, I've been hitting the horror pretty hard. I've got to say. Yeah, but that's that's what I like to hear. Th- to be honest, there's nothing more soothing and satisfying to get you through your days off work than a bunch of teenagers getting mauled by a psychopathic chainsaw wielding psycho. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better, Baz. Uh, you have been doing a lot of watching, and we are going to get into that. We also uh, have a, a ton of listener questions. Uh, I decided that if we're going to be here, we're going to fill some time. We might as well have fun with it. And as always, the listeners have delivered. Oh my god, I don't even want to know where the conversation is going to go. There was a late entry coming as well, a really late entry by our buddy Joseph. Um, oh right, I've not seen that one. A short while ago, we were tidying up the kitchen and my wife was reading out the newer questions because I hadn't seen them. Yeah, jo- Joseph's asked one. one. from Joe, so... <laughs> Quite late on, and I replied to him, thanks very much for that, Joe. In all likelihood, I'm going to have to wash my ear canal out with bleach when I hear Bazzy's answer. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's got it's got filth written all over it. Me and but, Joseph are in the same wavelength. Yeah, it, it seems a lot of people are in the same wavelength. I don't know if it's you are slowly corrupting the minds of others or listeners out there, or if our listeners have always been a bit deviant. They just needed someone to guide the way. I think it's a healthy mix of both, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that as well. Uh, but yeah, so the last time we had you on the show, like you say, it was not that long ago, it was only two weeks ago, um, and we covered Creep, uh, the found footage movie from 2015, and we loved it. Yeah. And the people loved it, lots of feedback come back saying um, how much people actually dug that movie. It was kind of like that sleeper hit, no promotion or anything before, just landed on the Netflix, people were checking it out. Some folk hadn't checked it out, they were then checking it out after the show and digging it. So, um, yeah, that was that was awesome. It was a good way to break us back into this, this Baz V horror cycle. Indeed. Um, and then... Um, I obviously announced what the next show was going to be, and I said, it's going to be Cannibals, because we need to get that in our system. And I didn't realise when I said that, that Green Inferno had actually come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I didn't really know myself, um, and, I, and I was going online, I was actually going online to sort out my Halloween movies and stuff like that for the Basby Michael Myers show that we've got coming up. Um, and I thought, I'll pick up these Cannibal ones. And I'd actually thought, well, I'm not going to be able to get my hands on Green Inferno just now, but I'll pick up the other two. Um, and here I noticed the Green Inferno is actually out on Blu-ray over here now. Um, the one I couldn't get my hands on was Ferox. Um, I don't think it's actually possible to get Cannibal Ferox uncut unless you're looking at a Region 1 and I don't have the ability to play them. That's so, right. um, It's still not fully uncut in the UK. I think uh, the BBFC still have... A few... I, th- I don't think there's much missing. Very similar to uh, Cannibal Holocaust isn't fully uncut in the UK either there's still like this I think there's like a a five second cut yeah there there was certainly there was a couple of brief scenes that were cut out of my copy of Cannibal Holocaust because when we did that 
at the time we twigged that the version that you were watching was there was less cut out of that than there was in mine kind of thing yeah. and I just thought well to be honest I don't really want to own another one of these fucking things uh, you know and if I'm going to watch it I'll watch the uncut one so Duncan can acquire me one um, which I did which you did um, but yeah I was quite I was stoked to get uh, Green Inferno on Blu-ray I know a lot of folk are dissing it I'm still keen to see it and I do think it's one of those films that might actually benefit from the myth of high definition I I, I... I'm in, believe it or not, the minority on that movie. There's a lot more people enjoyed Green Inferno than I did. Funnily enough, it seems to have played better to an American audience than it has to a UK audience. Like a lot of the the podcasters, a lot of the UK listeners to this show that had checked the movie out when it leaked because there was no indication of it ever getting released over here at all. So of course when the movie got leaked we all downloaded it and I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed to say that um, and yeah it, responses were not warm over here um, but when it got released in the States it got the full cinematic run you know it was in cinemas and that is the sort of movie you don't usually see in cinemas um, so I don't know how much of that played into the you know the, the cinema factor uh, to the movie but yeah certainly I'm looking forward to going back to check it out for a second time I don't think my opinion is going to change in it. I think the issues that I have with that movie are still very much, you know, in the writing. And I think that's it's going to be interesting to check that out. It's going to be interesting to see as well where we land with um, the other two movies. Because, like I say, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ravenous. Um, yeah, I, I think actually, you're going to I love think it. I remember Ravenous. I've not seen Ravenous, but it's vaguely familiar to me. Um, I think we know Robert Carlyle in it and that and I know it's a kind of historically set thing so I think I definitely do remember it being out at the time not seen it though yeah so I'm looking forward to that and then obviously Ferox which uh, yeah that movie <laughs> it's basically a rip off of Holocaust yeah but on steroids um, so yeah so we're going to do those ones for the Cannibal Show and then after that we are going to start our first franchise, well, first and only franchise, really, of this second year of Baz v Horror, and that's a look, like you said earlier on, at the Halloween franchise. We've dubbed it Baz v Michael Myers because we've already got a Baz v Halloween, so that's going to get confusing. Yeah. Um, very quick. So, and we will be covering Halloween 3 in that. I know some people are getting confused because Michael Myers isn't in Halloween 3 but yes, we're covering that and the two Rob Zombie remake and sequel movies as well will be covered in that. It's a comprehensive look at the Halloween franchise. I'm not looking forward to it. Baz is kind of looking forward to it, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's another one of the big ones. I do always look forward to these ones. I'm a, you know, We've done uh, Friday the 13th, we've done Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, they both nosedive towards the latter half of the franchises. I'm fully expecting that with this as well. It's par for the course, but mm. I, I still get a kick out of having seen them, you know, having oh, done definitely. these franchises. That still keeps it going for me, do you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, I'm keen to see these. You're kind of in the same boat as I was when I was first getting... Like, I, I remember... Like checking. In fact, we'll hold on to that because there is a question coming up later on which is going to touch on what I was about to say. So I'm not going to say that now. Um, but yeah, so uh, my, my favourite thing of the last week was um, you posting uh, a large box from Amazon. I think me and you are basically keeping Amazon in business in this country. Oh, it's not far off. It. <laughs> it's not far off. My wife's raging. 
<laughs> well, yeah, no wonder. Like, see, when I get when I get things, I I stagger them out, Baz. Yeah. Well, in fairness, actually, the box there was actually two orders in that. I had pretty much ordered um, my Halloween stuff, and then I realised the cannibal thing was coming up next, and my Halloween on was fulfilling them, and that kind of slows things down a bit. And they had just basically bundled the two of them in the one box. So that was why it, it, it looked like it was a massive order. It wasn't. It was, in fact, two smaller ones. It looked like a massive order, Baz. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of Blu-rays and DVDs on your table. Yeah, there was. I, had, I think there was about 10 or 12. <laughs> and one, one was a box set of five as well. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you what I tell everyone else when they say, surely your wife is going to is gonna be quite angry and, and upset with you and I, I reply the same way when she leaves me I will be able to be sheltered and kept warm with my collection of Blu-rays I'll build, <laughs> I'll build, I'll build a hut with them so uh, yeah so I think what we'll do just now Baz is we're going to take a short break when we come back from that short break we're going to be looking at what you've been watching and what I've been watching over the last couple of weeks uh, your list is rather ridiculous Ming's less so but I'm sure there's going to be a ton of things to talk about and then we'll take another break and we will be coming back with our questions before we close out the show so this is our first break of the show you're going to promos for shows that I love um, when myself and the badge returns we're going to be talking about movies right after this once there was a show the not so evil episode Sidecast. It was a long name, Batman. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more! Who are you people? Hello? Hello, who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm gonna hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary, I liked it. Most episodes they look at two different horror movies. Each episode they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Hmm. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Um, 
And welcome back. So, like we said before the break, myself and Baz, forever watching things, constantly watching things. However, Baz picked up the pace in the last week and a bit and has uh, what can only be described as a mahusive list of movies to discuss. So I think what we'll do is we'll just go title for title between yeah. the, the two of us. So Baz, uh, kick us off. What uh, What's the first title you watched, Annie? Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, the, the first one I watched actually was a, it was a rewatch. It was a film I've seen twice before um, and a film I love. Um, but it was done in honour of an achievement. The film was The Battery. Yeah. Um, by Jeremy Gardner and basically I, I was involved with the Kickstarter campaign for his new film um, Tex Montana Will Survive he came up with a novel kind of idea for getting it um, released out to the public he's in trouble getting a distribution deal on it so basically put up a Kickstarter if we can get 50 grand together which he wants to use to make his next movie he will release Tex Montana Will Survive on the internet for free. It'll be on YouTube, it'll be on torrent sites, it'll be on Vimeo for download, streaming, everything, and it'll be open to everybody. Um, so you don't have to be involved in the Kickstarter. He's just given it away for free if he could get enough money to make his next film. And with about a day to spare, I think, um, he hit the 50 grand mark, um, and I was absolutely delighted. Um, for that, um, even not not quite as much as I was, he was releasing a series of uh, YouTube videos as text. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and my name got read out in one of them, which was bitchin'. <laughs> um, but yeah, after that, I, I was just I was like, you know what? I've not watched the bad in fucking ages. I'm going to go back and watch that again, and it was fucking amazing third time round. Yeah, it's, uh, that movie just will never, in my eyes, I, I don't even think it's ever really going to age. I think there's no. almost a, t- a timeless quality about the movie, um, which I mean, the, the greatest zombie movies have that sort of kind of timeless quality about them. But it's just a fucking, it's a tour de force of filmmaking. It's an absolutely amazing movie, and yeah, I was over the moon to see that he achieved his target for that one. That's a movie we've been talking about since the battery. Yeah, so, oh, since that first trailer came out for Tex Montana. You know, we were, I, I must have watched that fucking YouTube video about 50 times. It was just hilarious. <laughs> I absolutely love Jeremy Gardner. I've got a total fucking man boiler for the guy. Um, and it still is my wet dream that one day we will get him on this show. You never know. I will I will try and move heaven and earth to make that happen. Um, I was going to say, did you ever check out Spring? No, it's on my list on Netflix. Sorry, I had to think for a minute there. It's on UK Netflix now and it's on my list, but I've not checked it out. Why? It's a great, great movie. You should watch it with the, the wife. It's um, And I'm not doing that in a sarcastic way to, to upset your wife. You should watch it with the wife. It's a kind of like a, a romance horror movie, but romance is a horrible word to use against it. Um, but Jeremy Gardner is in the beginning of that movie and a cameo, and he's literally the best thing that's ever existed in that movie. So. Yeah, cool. You should check it out. Uh, right, so let me kick off with my yeah. first movie. Um, I have like a wicked cunning plan for this show, um, which involves you in some capacity later on in the year and the power of the, the voters poll. And I know you hate it when I do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the public vote. I, I recently got on Blu-ray the, the Vengeance trilogy by uh, Park Chan-wook. Um, so that's uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and um, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And um, it's Korean 
revenge movies. Yeah, so um, all, the original Korean old boy you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not the the spite fucking spitely fucking shite fest. Okay. <laughs> not that movie, the original one. So he did this revenge trilogy, and I got it on Blu-ray recently because uh, I was listening to a podcast called The Canon, which if people have never listened to The Canon. Listen to the Canon is one of the best movie podcasts out there. Um, it's basically two film journalists sit down and each week they discuss the merits of a chosen movie, whether or not it should live on in the canon of movies to live forever. And it's all these titles that you would expect: Forrest Gump, you know, Goodfellas, um, all this stuff. But where, where the, the the show takes an interesting twist is they don't always like the great movies. You know what I mean? Sometimes they hate it and when they do, they shred them. Um, and they're constantly, you know, there's many shows where they, they go against each other. And Old Boy was mentioned. And I was listening to him talk about it. I was like, why did I not own Old Boy? It's like one of my favourite movies of all time. So I got the box set, I watched the entire box set, as you do. And then I was like, that trilogies. Trilogies. Spiritual trilogies. There needs mm-hmm. to be a show. There needs to be a show where trilogies are put out there for you to experience Baz for them to go head to head in voters combat to decide what they'll be and I, when I was starting to think about it I was thinking even even things that I've already covered on the show that you've never seen so the Gates of Hell trilogy could be there uh, the old Filchies Gates of Hell trilogy we could have the original Living Dead trilogies Night, Day and Dawn um, obviously uh, like I say like the Vengeance trilogy and then it just started picking up speed you know speed it started picking up pace and I've got five now that I think I'm going to put for a poll later on in the year I'm talking mega late in the year um, and we're, we're going to do we're going to do some combat on that one and cover a tri- I just I think there's so much we could get out there <laughs> and I really wanted to <laughs> and you don't have enough things to watch this year already so. yeah I, I don't have any more fucking free sets of things I need to go buying, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I, I did try and watch Old Boy once, didn't like it, stopped about halfway through. Ah, you don't, you, you didn't get to the good bit. No, I probably didn't, but it is fucking, it's weird, man, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's what makes it awesome. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I watched the, the original trilogy. My opinions haven't really changed. I think uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is a fucking incredible movie. Old Boy is phenomenal I mean like like I said before easily one of my great uh, favourite movies of all time one of the greatest movies ever made and um, uh, Sympathy for for Lady Vengeance I hadn't actually seen that one since it came out and it's good it's it's beautifully shot I don't think it's as strong as the other two but um, yeah it it was good to revisit them right Baz what you got next next up is a film I actually watched in hospital on my iPad um, and bearing in mind the fact that I was in for a fucking heart operation, watching horror films probably wasn't the best fucking idea I've ever had. Um, but I watched Deathgasm. <laughs> um, I told you when you, I told you when I gave this, you, gave you this movie. I said to you, Baz, you're gonna love this movie. Yeah, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Deathgasm's fucking great. And again, it's another fucking. No, I know it's not Australian, this it's one. New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's for New Zealand. But the whole Antipodean fucking horror scene just now is just really working for me. Um, and yeah, it was another... It, it just did so much. I loved it. And metal, the metal references in it were great. Do you know what I mean? They were... <laughs> yeah. 
you know, they were correct, they were proper, for one. You know, they got metal right. Um, it was just, it's a bonkers film, do you know what I mean? It's, it's up there with some of the other ones I've watched recently. But yeah, it's just a fucking great time, Deathgasm. It's really, really good fun, man. Really good fun. Like the wee guy that was playing the lead as well, he was quite good. I'd never, ever seen him before. He He's had that kind of brooding kind of thing going on, which was quite cool. And obviously we're getting the, the sequels being announced, so there will be a second one, which I can't wait to see. That's going to be fucking mental. But I'll tell you, there was a particular point in the movie, I watched it with my wife, my wife was not given two fucks at all towards the movie. Um, and there was one bit and I turned around to my wife and I said, this could be Bazzy's movie of the year. And it involved the death by sex toy. <laughs> that's like, that's right. Death by rubber cock. The bit when they can charge out the cupboard, wielding the... The rubber phallus eye. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Baz is going to love this movie. Yeah, that was right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the next movie I want to talk about um, is one that I got from Arrow, a video. Uh, I ordered it fucking months ago. And this is kind of... it's. It's almost like an urban legend of a movie. Um, the movie is called The Mutilator. And... It's it's one of these early 80s slasher movies and I I remember stories about the movie but I had never seen it. It was ridiculous, over the top, the gore was fucking nuts. It was basically the American equivalent of pieces, you know, just like an insane, silly, over the top slasher movie. Um, And you can't get it anywhere. I, I, I remember maybe a Vipco Vault of Horror. VHS of it maybe I think potentially I, I, I can't quite I just I have a vague memory of it in the video store um, so when Arrow announced that we're putting that title out that just blew my mind because that's the sort of title that should never exist in Blu-ray <laughs> it should never exist let alone a 2k restoration which is fucking nuts and um, it arrived and I've been holding on to it for a couple of weeks because, you know, kind of that way. Where I have a tendency to bulk buy things and then never watch them. Um, and me and Blockley were like, are you going to watch this movie? So we both watched it and uh, it's a whole lot of fun. It's a fucking nonsense movie with a horrible, horrible soundtrack. Um, but I think what it has, which made me like really enjoyed the experience was just how over the top like it, it reminded me of how nonsensical that time period in movie making was for horror you know that kind of uh, kind of early to mid 80s when slasher movies were you know went from being genuinely scary to just fucking bonkers and um, that movie that movie ticked all the boxes and I can't recommend it enough if you are a slasher fan out there if you like weird movies and you like collectible packages because I don't really do the top of the top of the, the the pole for me when it comes to these these companies that do the restorations it's an amazing package it's got like different versions of it it's got the fucking soundtrack it's got you know like amazing interviews with all the people involved it's phenomenal and it looks like a million bucks and I know for a fact they didn't spend that in the movie so <laughs> it, it was great so I highly recommend the mutilator. Yeah, there was a lot of pictures of that appearing on Facebook and on um, the Instagram and that as well. Seems seems to be a lot of people have picked that up recently when, since it's come out. Just, I think it's just reputation, Baz. I yeah. just think people have either seen it first time round 
and have that nostalgia to want to see it again um, or on another scale people know the reputation of the movie and just want to experience it I've said this before and I know that sometimes you kind of are a bit perplexed and you know, scratching your head as to why horror fans would say something like Pieces is a great movie mm-hmm. um, and it's that aspect about just how ludicrous horror can be it doesn't always have to be scary but you know when when things can go to a level where you're just like how did this get made <laughs> you know what I mean yeah <laughs> who fronted the cash for this and the mutilator totally falls into that it's a a very very weird movie and the soundtrack is like something from a 1980s fucking and you know aerobics instructors video is weird um, what about yourself another movie yeah next one up in a slightly kind of similar vein it was an old 80s kind of cult one uh, Return of the Living Dead my boy absolutely bitching I told you you would love it yeah I said man you. you bought me this uh, this was a gift can't remember if it was my birthday or something you got me this one for it was um, your birthday yeah and I hadn't checked it but I've not really seen many of these old zombie type ones uh, my zombie movie films tend to be kind of more recent things oh it was brilliant it was everything I loved out of the franchises we've done I know I don't like a lot of the Canadian stuff but out of the franchises we've done the films that I did really like like Dream Warriors and things like that this film just did all of those elements in it yeah. Um, and I've got to say the Blu-ray rendering was really pretty fucking good as well they looked great on the screen do you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, fucking demons in it you know what I mean? But he's called Spider this time and his hair's even fucking cooler than it was in the first one. You know what I mean? There's an actress who literally plays 95% of her role in the scud. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's Linea, genius. Linea Quigley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just naked through the whole thing. I loved that. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, just the whole thing. I particularly liked the bit that there's a, a a dead Confederate veteran resurrected and he knows enough about modern day CB radios to call in fucking backup. <laughs> oh, that was quite good. Really, would the Confederate veteran know how to work that? You know what I mean? I don't think he would. I just, like, see when, like, I watched it recently again for, I had Danny on the show, actually. It's, like, Danny's favourite movie. Yeah, um, and I, I also found out that's where his name comes from. Yeah, Trioxin. It's almost so. like that's not his real surname. <laughs> no comment, no comment. Um, so, we, um, we did that recently for a show, and we, we kind of, we paired it up with Dance of the Dead, which is kind of like a, like a modern version really of it which is really good as well if you get an opportunity to check out Dance of the Dead I think you would love that as well it's it's got the same spirit it's just set in a different decade um, and watching back I was like that Baz would fucking love this movie I mean you must like it's, I think it's the music it's the fact that they are like punks of that era um, like maybe over the top kind of Americanized punks but I was just like if ever there was a movie that you would maybe more relate to in that sort of genre of the 80s especially that would be the one um, so hopefully hopefully I was right with that and it wasn't just all goofiness you did kind of you did kind of enjoy things like the soundtrack and all the rest oh I genuinely did yeah I, I liked the whole package I would happily watch that film again it was really good and not just for a goofy point it is a very goofy film but it is great fun um, I really did I loved everything about it that was great I've never been bold enough to check any of the sequels out, but there are three. Yeah, I didn't know this until somebody was talking about it on the 
I can't remember if it was Twitter. One, one of the social media outlets folk were telling me about it, and somebody was saying I never got past the third one. Glad I didn't even know there was a fucking follow-up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether it was. If they came up, I would probably check them out out of interest to us. I'm surprised you've never seen them, actually. Um, I remember seeing the first one. I remember the second one being a thing, but never getting around to watching it. And then by the time the third one had come out, it was never my you know, it was never one of those things that I thought we need a franchise out of this. You know what I mean? It just yeah. felt like a great kind of that ending. So fucking, it's so George Romero, honestly. It's mm-hmm. but it's like a kind of comical George Romero that I really, I really dug. So um, it has been, has been taunted on the Midnight Horror Show that one day we will do them all. Um, so if that ever happens, I'll let you know what I made of them. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it was. Um, I, I'm glad you liked it. It was like I say, it was one of those things that I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna get bad something that I hope you will enjoy. And the, I, I try not to buy you kind of. I know I got you it follows, which kind of bro- breaks up a bit. Say, but I try not buy you new movies. I'd much rather try and get you old ones that I really like that I have a sneaky suspicion we're never going to cover on this show um, because I've I've either already covered them. Or, you know, it's unlikely to fall into the theme of something for a Baz V horror. So the fact you can watch them on your own time and dig them, I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, totally, totally. What was up next for you? Uh, right up next for me um, was a strange little movie that I must admit, um, every now and again, Amazon says, people that have watched this like this, or you oh, should buy this. Oh, no, they're utter bastards. Um, and it was a movie called Diagnosis Death <laughs> um, and it says a must see for fans of Flight of the Concords so that's the guys behind um, what, what we, we do in the shadows yeah, yeah. and it's a kind of murder mystery who done a sort of spooky ooky, uh, I don't know how to describe it it was fucking hilarious because <laughs> it's, it's got that New Zealand sense of humour through it. it really really dry really low budget affair um, but I was howling all the way through it I thought it was absolutely fucking great uh, Reese Darby's in it uh, the guy who plays the head werewolf um, and the dude that played Vlad the, Vlad the Poker he's also in it uh, so it's like got these guest appearances but the story's fairly ludicrous I've finished watching the Blu-ray I might actually swing it round by you Baz because I've got a sneaky suspicion you might like it yeah I'd be up for that it's kind of just it's a goofy goofy weird film and it cost me a mini fortune second hand because apparently there's not many of them um, but right. god damn you Amazon um, but they were right people that have watched movies like I have watched should watch this movie because they will like it so yeah I enjoyed that one uh, what about yourself? Uh, right, oh god, let me think, what was it? Oh god, aye. Uh, I watched this one late at night, this was a fucking mistake. I watched the ABCs of death. <laughs> now, um, I told you, you I did, warned you. You did, but I, I was keen to see it. It had been on Netflix and I'd missed it, and now the second one is on Netflix, and I thought, I'd like to see the first one, and I bought it in one of these five for 30 quid type deals on Blu-ray. Um, I remember you saying that, you know, we'd spoke about VHS, which I watched recently, I remember you saying with ABC's The Death Note, there was literally only about two or three of them in it you liked. I think that has been fucking generous. 
I honestly don't think out of the entire 26 movies and that there was any I had any fucking interest in. The really? On, yeah, the only one that evoked any kind of visceral reaction was the one with the guy basically wanking to keep alive. You know that? And it's then the creepiest that one thing ever. has a reference to child abuse in it that just yep. fucking ruined it for me. I, I get why they did it. Do you know what I mean? It, did that, it that ended with the film, me out. but... It creeped me out. I couldn't add. I felt so, yeah. so uncomfortable watching that one. In fact, it's probably the most uncomfortable I've felt watching a movie in a long time. Um, but just that short, I thought it was incredibly effective. Yeah, I mean, it, it was effective, but it just, that ruined They did it, but I didn't like it. But as for the rest of them, I could not give less of a fuck about the vast majority of that film, to be quite honest. <laughs> we'll not be returning to that anytime soon. I can't believe you didn't like the Ben Wheatley one. The Ben Wheatley one's easily one of the best ones on it. What happens in that one again? Sorry, remind me. I, I did jokingly say there's a hedge in it, isn't there? You're a motherfucker. Um, there's not a hedge in it. He's in the woods. Um, it's a, They dig up a vampire. Oh, that's and right. So it's the first person, first person point of view vampire thing. I think that's fucking incredible. I don't know how you don't like it. I think it's really clever for a short. Right. It was okay. <laughs> I think I've lost interest in the whole fucking project at that point, to be honest, you know? It is it's a tough watch. I mean, I remember when it came out and I remember checking it then and the only saving grace I can say is if you get a chance to see the, the second one is better. There's about 50% of the shorts in the second one that I like, um, but there's some bigger named directors in doing shorts on it so I don't know if that helps it or not um, it's always going to be a hit or a miss when you're picking 26 directors from all over the world giving them a budget and then you know not a big budget saying pick pick a letter from the alphabet and then do a short movie that involves death with that letter um, I did I did snicker uh, at the thought of and then reading your, your tweet when you said that you just passed F uh, I thought that was pretty funny what one was F again? This is a Japanese one. F is for fart. Oh, aye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All oh, right. Uh, so, so um, I've got one more to talk about, and we were just speaking about Ben Wheatley. I uh, got tickets to the Scottish premiere of High Rise, his new movie, um, at the Glasgow Film Festival. And what I didn't realise was there was a live Q&A, so Ben Wheatley was actually there. So I was pretty, mu- pretty much stroking myself off in the, in the front row of the cinema. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> it's just like, tell us more. Tell us more about camera placement, Ben. Oh. Ben, Ben, over here, Ben. <laughs> I did actually ask him a question. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I, I knew that. A two-part question, which he did answer with a bit of humour. Um, and then I, I got a t-shirt for asking a question, which I didn't realise I got. Um, his new movie's fucking amazing. Oh, I don't know how he keeps doing it. And this is a huge step away from from what he's done before. I mean, if you look at a movie like um, Down Terrace, which is a very kind of it's like gangland kind of weird thriller sort of thing and then you look at Kill List which is just fucking mind-blowingly good it's just like one of the best horror movies in the UK of the last 15 years it's fucking incredible um, or Sightseers which is an incredibly dark witty comedy 
Um, and then A Field in England, which gave me, like, some scenes of pure horror which I've never seen before. Um, to see him jump away and do, you know, an adaptation of a, a ballad novel, um, which has been famed for being pretty much unfilmable, and him going away and doing his run at it with big-named A-list stars. I mean, that was the thing that kind of blew my mind is, you know, you've got Tom Hiddleston as the main role there, uh, James Purifoy's in it, J- Jeremy Irons is in it, you know, like, big names. Um, and you look Luke Evans as well, and um, it's just incredible. It's a fucking incredible movie. Um, it's weirdly set in a kind of dystopian 1970s. Um, and I, I sat, I went with my brother-in-law, and my brother-in-law's kind of not into weird movies, and I genuinely thought he'd hate it, and he fucking loved it as well. I just sat going, you know, this guy, you could just, anyone out there, just throw money at Ben Wheatley and get him to make stuff. It's, um, it's you know, his stuff's just fucking phenomenal. And that's everything for me. Baz, do you have any more titles? Uh, yeah, two more that I hadn't mentioned, Duncan. Uh, the first was Pan's Labyrinth. The oh, Guillermo don't break my heart. Del Dor- oh, I loved it, man. Yes! Oh, it was amazing. No, it was absolutely... A very different film from The Orphanage, but it, it still has that kind of fantastical feel. It's a fucking fairy tale, let's be honest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A very dark one. Um, but yeah, I love the whole idea of setting it in Spain. I know it's not during the Spanish Civil War, it's post that, but the country's still kind of coming to terms with what's happened during the Spanish Civil War. It's set during the war, World War II. Love that whole side of it. It's a kind of thing that you don't see very much. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's films about the Spanish Civil War and so on, but this is set during World War II. So the Spanish Civil War's actually ended, but it's still kind of going on and behind the scenes and that. I really, really dug that set and I thought that was a really cool idea and the whole fantastical side of the, you know, the kind of fairy tale to it and everything. That just, oh, it was beautiful, loved it. The wee girl in it's a fucking amazing wee actress, do you know what I mean? Um, the effects, the creatures in it were, I mean, they were frightening. Um, yeah. You know, particularly that kind of eyeless creature that she sees during the second task. Oh, and stuff. yeah, the, the one in the the, the banquet. Yeah. Is yeah. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> Um, no, it's an amazing film, Dunn. Absolutely amazing film. Um, yes, I knew you'd like it. Yeah. I knew you'd like it. Uh, it's one of my favourites. So. Yeah, it had a similar effect to me that The Orphanage did. Um, like I say, it is a very different film to The Orphanage, um, which was the only other Del Toro film I'd seen before, but you know Yeah, and he, that he didn't direct that either. He, he only produced The right, Orphanage. Right, um, so. But yeah, it had that same effect. It's a sad film. Yeah. But it just it still makes you feel quite good, you know, even though the way it I'm not going to ruin the ending for anybody here, but you still feel good about yourself in some kind of way at the end of this really quite tragic film. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Loved yes. it. Yes. You'll need to check out the movie he did beforehand, which is The Devil's Backbone, which is set during the Spanish Civil War, and it's like a, it's a ghost story. Um, and it's pretty fucking incredible as well cool. like Del Toro just does incredible stuff so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. and do you have one more title yeah which is in a very different vein it was one I actually watched last night it's on Sky Movies over here at the moment which was Unfriended the kind of internet based found footage ah. type uh, movie yep 
just checked that out last night. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's not going to win awards for the greatest horror film ever fucking made by any means, do you know what yeah. I mean? But uh, it was a pretty enjoyable movie. I think the impact of it was kind of lessened slightly on me having seen The Den. Yeah, The Den's you know? a bit more vicious. Yeah, and a bit better all round in my mind. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? Uh, and Friended takes a slightly more simplistic approach to it. It's not hard to pick holes in the film, but if you're going to be a dick like that, then why bother watching these types of films? Do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, um, yeah. Just let it go and watch it for a day. I think it's only 80 minutes long. It's not even an hour and a half. Um, it's quite good watching them turn on each other. It's all fairly predictable. Do you know what I mean? But the kids yeah. that, that play in it were all pretty good, I've got to say. Um, you know, they all did a good job. Uh, in fact, the fat guy, I really liked him. He was quite fucking good. I don't know his <laughs> snide sense of humour appealed to me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm quite glad I got it. I, I nearly bought that actually on Blu-ray a while ago in one of these multiple kind of deal offer type things. Kind of glad I didn't splash out fucking 12 quid on it, do you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it came on Sky when a month or so anyway, um, and I watched it there. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't rush to watch it again, but I'm, I'm pretty glad I checked out. It, it's worth a watch. 80 minutes of your life, it is good fun, just don't fucking take it too seriously, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. I, it. It was actually a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, I really, after that, the trailer was awful. Um, right. Right. I just, just a really, I kind of thought this whole thing shot through laptops. Oh, goody, sign me up for that movie. And it's, we're spending time with obnoxious teens. Oh, goody, sign me up for that movie. Um, <laughs> but they actually did it a lot better than I thought. My, my biggest gripe was that it just wasn't vicious enough. Mm-hmm. Um, with the kills, like you get a couple of, there's a great scene with a blender and yeah. a hand, which you get a flash of, and I'm like, that. why is there not more of that? Mm-hmm. That was fucking great. Um, and like you say, it, it unfolds in a fairly predictable way. But um, out with that, it's, it's not a bad movie. Um, and it, it did fairly good business. And I'm fairly sure the people that wrote the script kind of deserved that. I mean, it, it was an interesting take on, on a genre which, you know, can at times become a bit tedious and tiresome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I quite dug that. Um, anything else you want to say before we take a short break and come back with some listener questions, Baz? No, I think I'm all done. I'm ready for my I'm ready for my grilling now, Dunk. <laughs> right, we're taking a short break just now. More promos for shows that I love when we return. Myself and the Baz answering your questions, you the listener. Uh, we'll be right back right after this. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday thirteenth. I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's going to be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong 
Show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.krugernation.com. And welcome back. So, it's time for myself and Baz to answer your questions. I put the call out there. I said, give us some questions to kill some time on this filler show. You guys stepped up and you uh, you gave us a plethora. <laughs> there are so many interesting and at times CD questions coming up. So I'm sure Baz will uh, have his hands full. Um, you know, it's like it's water off a duck's back with him. Uh, the first one comes from our new listener, Chris Weston. Uh, he is... Um, He's only, I think he's only been on the page for the last month, but I think he's a long-time listener. I think he's been listening for over a year, from what I gather. Um, he asked the first question, and this was directed right at you, Baz. Okey-dokey. He says, ask the Baz why people from... And no one's going to get this out with Scotland. Ask the Baz why people from Dunoon aren't as handsome and well-hung as the Rossi folk, even though it's only a, so- a short stretch of the water away. Oh... Uh... I see what you've done here, Chris. Because I'm from Dunoon. Well, I think, in, in all honesty, um, when it comes down to brass tacks, there's only one answer to that question, really, and that is go fuck yourself, you dirty, <laughs> inbred, pig raping, branding bastard. <laughs> For those, in fact, most Scottish folk will even get that reference. A branding is somebody from Rothsey. They are called a Rothsey branding. Um, and they do rape pigs and fuck their cousins. So, um, yeah. <laughs> there is a Hi, Chris. traditional rivalry between the noon folk and both folk, but it's only because their football team's fucking better than theirs. Welcome to the podcast page, Chris. <laughs> um, he then flung in a, a cheeky curveball right at the end to say, Oh, and a wee tuppence worth on the Hellraiser affair from yourself. So, those that don't know out there, um, this snuck in under the radar a new Hellraiser sequel come in which kind of caught us all by surprise because everyone was expecting a remake and even Clive Barker a year ago said that he was like penning the script for a remake but it turns out that's not happening um, so there was some news dropped that said new Hellraiser movie coming out Gary Tunnicliffe uh, I think is his name is to direct and he directed the last one which is a fucking abomination of a movie um, <laughs> like really fucking horrible um, and then there was all speculation about who was going to be in it who wasn't going to be in it and very quickly Doug Bradley came out and said I will not be playing Pinhead again in this movie have no interest um, you know I don't want I don't want to be involved um, and then there was more information came out that this movie will be called Hellraiser Judgment and here's some information on it. So, Gary Tunnicliffe is deep into produ- uh, production on Hellraiser Judgment with a unique new vision. <laughs> this is hilarious. For the Hellraiser franchise that will feature a nightmare on Elm Street's Heather Langenkamp in a role. Now, notice what it says in a role because when you find out what she's actually doing, I don't even know why she signed up for it. Uh, it might, she's obviously wanting, I don't know the mortgage paid off for a year if she's even going to get enough money for that uh, what we know is that Hellraiser Judge, I can't say that now <laughs> Hellraiser Judgment is loosely based on Tunnicliffe's passion project Judgment and will feature 
and this is what they're saying, a bunch of crazy new Cenobites, including a fresh face to take on the role as Pinhead. Bloody Disgusting can exclusively reveal that Paul T. Taylor, never heard of this guy, is your new Pinhead. Tunnicliffe previously teased the casting of a, quote, a classically trained stage and film actor who brings a great physical presence and more than a hint of Peter Cushion and Ralph Fiennes. Um, so yeah, I've never heard of the guy. Um, we can I'm give looking you some- at him right now on the old Google image search and I do not recognise him at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's been in. Uh, we have more casting news. We've learned that Damon Kearney... Um, of The Veil and The Hitcher will play Detective Sean Carter uh, Randy Wayne from To Save a Life, never heard of these guys is Detective David Carter and Alexandra Harris from In the Shadows and The Veil uh, will play, portray Detective Christine Egerton in Hellraiser Judgment Detective Sean and David Carter are on the case to find a gruesome serial killer terrorising the city. Joining forces with Detective Christine Egerton, they dig deeper into the sprawling maze of horror that may not be of this world. Could the judgment awaiting the killer's victims also be waiting for Sean? As for the new Cenobites, get ready for this awesome bo- this is their words, not mine. Awesome bombshell. John Gulliger, director of Feast and Piranha 3DD, will star as the Assessor. Um, this role is tied to the Auditor, a character that learns your sins, your transgressions, your evils, takes careful note of them before passing them on to the Assessor for judgment. Diane Goldner will play um, the Cleaner. And <laughs> fucking hell. That sounds fucking amazing. A terrifying aging naked woman clean bodies for punishment by licking them head to toe. Um, oh, we've also learned that the special, the special effects uh, will be done by Mike G. Reagan, uh, who won't. So, sorry, we also learned that special effects specialist. There you go, special effects specialist. That's double the special. Mike G. Reagan will once again portray the chatterer. Andy Powers is going to play one of the three jury who are described as naked, perfectly beautiful girls that have faces that have been shredded away. Bone, muscle and sinew and teeth exposed. They pass the, the, horrific, hit that. <laughs> the horrific verdicts on the offending mortals. It gets better. This is, this is probably... Right, I'm really coming. losing interest, so hurry up with this. Right. <laughs> Jeff Fenter, it gets to a point here, is Cara Watkins, Helena Grace Donald, uh, is Joffle uh, Grace Monte is some other person but as for this is brilliant as for Heather Langenkamp now she's a big name from a well she's a big name from a while ago guess what she's playing Baz don't know it's obviously going to be a big role isn't it because they mentioned her at the top is Remember? she like women at bus stop or something like that she is the chain smoking landlady who snorts obscenities to the police <laughs> she's the one with the bus stop one in a better role <laughs> I just like there's a couple of things that that make me not even instantly wary of this project but just I just couldn't give a fuck actually to, to be to be fair and I like the I like the Hellraiser franchise I like the first five movies um, it kind of drops off pretty quick there the last one was a, a smashing grab where basically the the studio were going to lose the rights. The, you know, have the rights to the franchise for a certain period of time if they don't put anything out. So they were running out of time. So they made a really shitty movie. Was Doug Bradley, Bradley in that one. Doug Bradley refused to be in it. So right. Fat Pinhead 
became a thing. Um, you know, we will tear your buffet apart. Um, and uh, <laughs> this seems like exactly the same thing. This this director did did the last one as well, and I think it's exactly the same idea. I think a certain amount of times passed, they've panicked, they're thrown together something. It seems awful. It seems almost like a dark comic book, but shite. Um, yeah, I just I I I know why you've asked this, Chris, because I've mentioned that I like the. The franchise quite a bit, but I, I really struggle to find even one positive thing in here. And I'm not against, I really am not against a new pinhead. If someone else wants to take that role, that's fine. Um, I, obviously, Doug Bradley will always be pinhead to me, just as um, you know, Robert England will always be Freddy to me. But if they want to try and do that, that's fine. The last one was shit. Um, hopefully, this new one's better, but from the description it sounds like they're just trying to get someone who is like a Doug Bradley ripoff the fact that they're mentioning people like Peter Cushion um, I just I don't I don't understand that yeah I've, I've really no interest for this one this one's up there with the Martyrs remake couldn't give a fuck um, Baz you've not seen any of them so we'll just skip on uh, <laughs> so, you know I've seen um, the first two Hellraisers remember oh yeah you have yeah 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 um, I've still yeah. not got any fucking interest in it but thank you for that very <laughs> expansive answer to that question and Chris yeah, I, I hope that in some way makes up for the blatant anti-Rothsey racism you received at my hands a short while ago I kind of, kind of had to go through the full thing so people could hear how ridiculous it sounds um, so our good buddy Sean McFall um, long time listener asked a simple question who shot first Han Solo or Greedo? Han Solo. And do you know how you can tell? Because in the original Star Wars, you see Han Solo shoot first. So really... <laughs> Whereas, just because George changed his fucking mind. And this irritated me as well, because Han Solo wasn't a straight-up heroic character. No, he's, he's, a, he's an anti figure. He's, he's a an anti-hero. Do you know what yeah, I mean? He's an anti-hero. He's not supposed to be... First, the green bastard deserved it. <laughs> I hope that wasn't a football reference. Um, for co- once it wasn't. I could have gone that road, but I didn't. I took the higher ground, Duncan. Our, our buddy Court uh, says, If either of you have seen The Witch, is it really a scary film, or am I so desensitised that it had no real effect on me? Um, we have not seen The Witch. Nope. The Witch doesn't come out in the UK until the 11th of March, um, at which time I believe we are going to see The Witch, Baz. Uh, myself and the big boss man's going, and I believe you're coming along with us. I would love to. Um, there was uh, some posters up at our local cinema for it the other day when I was in. I was in seeing Deadpool with the wife, and I noticed there was a big poster for The Witch up. Um, and I have seen... Um, trailer spot and it looks bitching it looks it looks great and I, I know what you mean sometimes like they use those taglines you know the scariest film of the decade and you know you, th- you expect it to be and it's really not to me I, that's never an issue with me I just really like good acting a good story and maybe give me something that I've not seen before um, and I'm generally pretty happy with that one it seems like this one is really the guy's taking his time to craft something that, which feels very authentic and of the time and that's cool with me. I'm totally down with that. Um, like I think in movies like that, I loved like the Babadook, which didn't really scare me at all. But at the end, of it, I was like, "That's a fucking incredible yeah, movie." Yeah, it was a so, great film. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, if it delivers that sort of thing, I'm more than happy with that. Right. Uh, our buddy Jerry Esposito, like he's OG by now. I think he was like one of the first guys to check out this show. Uh, says, "Don't ask me why, but after the Star Wars mention." 
And I don't actually even think this is a question, but it's pretty funny. I now have images of the Baz flying a TIE fighter, swearing extravagantly while firing on the rebel scum in their X-Wings. Baz, can you imagine yourself doing that? Yeah, but in my mind, the rebel scum, I've got little SNP flyers in the window of their fucking oh, X-Wing we'll and I'm blowing them no- out of the sky. We'll have none of that on this show. This is not a, <laughs> this is not a platform for your, your, your radical, your very radical, nonsensical political opinions. Uh, we'll have none of that on here. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Michael McCloskey says, Are either of you planning to go and see the forest? Uh, or if you have seen it already, what do you think? Secondly, when is The Witch getting a UK cinema release or do we have to wait for Blu-ray? So, like we said earlier, The Witch gets released in the UK on the 11th of March. I think The Forest is out now. Um, I quite fancied it and then reviews started, and I shouldn't pay attention to reviews, but reviews started coming out and it sounded like it was getting a bit of a battering. Um, I will more likely probably wait until that makes its way to a Netflix or something for me, even though the story behind it is infinitely fascinating and something that I genuinely would want to check out. It taps into a lot of the... a a, a kind of particular culture that fascinates me anyway, which is like the Japanese culture, so... um, What about yourself, Baz? I um, I think I'm like you, Duncan. I don't see me... I've seen trailers for it. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, I think I saw a trailer for it when I went to see Pride, Prejudice and Zombies recently with a kid. Um... It's not one I don't think I'll rush off to the cinema to see. I think I'll probably check it out like you, you know, maybe when it comes on the telly on Sky or on Netflix or something. Mm. I've got to say, this, um, you know, this kind of suicide forest thing in Japan, it does the rounds on all these kind of fucking BuzzFeed type websites, you know, top creepiest places on earth. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) I have real concerns that this is a very mediocre fucking film that they've just latched onto a location. Probably. You know, or a, you know, a kind of idea and let, let's make a fucking horror film out of that and it's whether, you know, whether the film's actually any good. A fucking good location doesn't make for a good fucking film. Let's be Agreed. honest here. Agreed. So I think that would be my biggest concern, which is why I'm not going to rush out to see it. I think I will check it out at some point. And I hope to fucking proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. Um, but I don't think I will be. Yeah, I think the next movie I'm going to see is actually in the States. I'm going to go and check out uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which looks like it's going to be fucking incredible and I can't wait to go and see it. And then I think it's The Witch when I come back. So unfortunately, The Forest is going to slip through slip through the net on that one. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not that I... It's just not a movie that I would rush out to see at the cinema. So, who, who is the female lead in it again? She's quite famous, isn't she? Uh, yes, and I'm now going to have to check. I wish that you had typed that out in Skype before asking me. <laughs> uh, so, Baz, you, uh, this is Operation Stall. Stall. Uh, I, I'm, I'm racking my brains to think. I, I guarantee you the second you get the name, her face is going to pop out of my head. Because um, I think she plays, it's like a twin sister, so she's playing two roles in it, I think. Um, Natalie Dormer. Oh, that's right, it's smoking hot Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. Yes, a bit Yes, I probably will go to see that at the cinema. <laughs> um, set, set up the back again, Baz? Yeah, in the vain hope that Natalie Dormer's vagine makes an appearance. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but <laughs> fucking jinx it, McLeish. <laughs> don't jinx it. Uh, um, a, a very new listener um, and... Um, uh, interactive personality on our Facebook page Myron Schmidt 
says, uh, and Myron's been like really active since he joined, and he has a man crush on you, Baz. And Myron was our hundredth Instagram follower. Boom. There we go. I only found that out last night actually because he was talking to me on Twitter, and I noticed his actual Twitter handle was the same as his Instagram handle, and I was like, "You were the hundredth." So hats that's... off to you, Myron, sir. Yes, he says he can't think of anything to ask my spirit animal because he says that you are a spirit animal. Yep, so he's going to go off. He's going to go off and watch the final girls, um, which, uh, to be honest with you, I think is a great thing to do. Just yep. do that. Nope. Uh, but then against that. <laughs> then a couple of seconds later, he said, "Okay, here is one for the Baz." Okay. Is an erection that lasts longer than four hours really a problem? Asking for a friend. <laughs> it depends. It depends on a number of factors. Primarily, whether or not you're driving the car at the time. <laughs> You know, it, it can be problematic at that point. Fainting at the wheel and stuff like that can be dangerous in the extreme. Um, if you're just sitting at home on the internet ripping one out, fair enough. You know, if you've got the stamina to keep going, big man, knock yourself out. Or rather, your friend. You know, your friend knocked themselves out or whatever. But yeah, yeah, as long as you're not driving, you're fine. Or flying a plane, obviously. Yeah, operating any heavy machinery. Yeah, yeah, or armed. <laughs> Actually, no, you probably could. Put the safety up. If you're carrying a gun... Put the safety on and you should be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so other than that, no, you're all right. Our good buddy Gavin Taylor says, if the Baz went to live on a desert island, what one movie, book and CD would he take? This is a Davy Buchanan question. Um, and Aye, then he says, it really is. It seemed to you, Duncan. So, uh, Baz, do you want to go first? Okay, what, so what was it? Uh, you're on a desert island, you have one movie, one book and one CD. What would it be? So one of each. Yeah. Um, the CD would be Copper Blue by Sugar. Nice. The, uh, the second band of the wonderful Bob Mould, after he and Husker Do broke up, he formed Sugar. Um, so Copper Blue, because it's the greatest album ever written. Book-wise, probably... I'm going to go with Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Oh, nice. Probably because I've read it more times than I think any other book. And movie, I'm going to go... Oh, cock and balls. Um, oh, yeah, fucker. Uh, probably The Blues Brothers. Just nice. Just because of its fucking soundtrack as well, so it's like getting another album on the, the island as well. Jeez. And the Breakfast Club would have made me sound a little bit gay. <laughs> and not in a friendly, cheery, you know, kind of vivacious type gay, and I just a fucking. Um, I nah, it's just not. It wouldn't have made me sound very cool at all. No. Uh, right, uh, so let's see. For me, uh, one movie. Ah, oh, fucking fuck my life. <laughs> I know, we're going to be here for a while. Uh, if I could take one movie with me, what would it be? Top of your head. Probably pieces. Fuck <laughs> you, seriously? It would cheer me up, Baz. It would cheer me up on a desert island. Uh, if I was going for something like purely engaging of the brain, um, I would probably... It'd probably be The Thing, actually. The Thing's the greatest mm. horror movie ever well, made. that's a far better answer, don't So we're going but, The Thing. But, uh, you know, it's a depressing movie where at the end... You know the world's fucked. Um, at the end of pieces, you know a guy gets his cock ripped off. So I mean, I'm gonna kind of have to go with 
It's a difficult one. They'd have to they'd have to battle it out. Um, one book uh, I would take the Damnation Game by Clive Barker. Um, it's probably beside um, the Hellbound Heart. I think it's uh, the book I've read most. Um, and maybe Cab- Cabal as well actually but I think the Damnation game is brilliant kind of Faustian story um, which you would actually love Baz it's never been made into a movie and to me it's the one that's crying out for a, a, a Barker adaptation into cinema I think it's incredible one CD ah, uh, The Fragile by Nine Inch Nails uh, it's a double album so technically it's a cheat I get two CDs uh, but I think it's the best thing ever put out by my favourite band so that's a new brainer. Right. Uh, Chuck Knight. <laughs> Another music question. Uh, Chuck Knight says, top ten or five, I think we'll do five, albums that Oh you, my God, really? <laughs> yep. Uh, you, both myself and you, cannot live without. He's always looking to expand on his musical collection. So top five albums that you can't live without, Baz. Oh, fuck me. Right. Well, Copper Blue has to be in there again. Has to, yeah. From the last one. So Sugar, Copper Blue... Oh, in an aeroplane over the sea by Neutral Milk Cartel. Um, Copperhead Road, Steve Earle. Fucking hell, fuck my life. Um, can't live without. Can't live without. <laughs> you know the size of my fucking album collection. Yeah. Um, you think this is difficult for you? Wait till it comes to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, what I've got there, right, so I've got Sugar, I've got Neutral Milk Cattell, I've got Copperhead Road by Steve Errol. Um, oh, I should have read these questions before I sat down. Um, <laughs> uh, walk Together, Rock Together by Seven Seconds. And one more, uh, one more, ooh, um, Oh God, God, this has ruined my life. <laughs> um, Are you happy, Chuck? Nah. Are you happy? <laughs> what we have done to me, God damn it! Um, I'm going to say an outcome the rules been answered. Nice. Yourself. Hey, obviously the fragile by Nine Inch yeah. Nails. That's that's a given. Um, probably commencement by Dead Sea. I love what? that album. Commencement by Dead Sea. You never even heard that. Yeah, you'd hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I hate the name. So, uh, Dead Sea are fronted by Cher's son. <laughs> All right, okay. And they were they came out in the new metal era, but they play like kind of what typo negative would sound like if they were an eighties new romantic band. <laughs> Right, okay. I, I, I fucking love them uh, so yeah so that would probably be in there that was a weird one to pick actually I really wish I, no, I'm picking it um, Around the Fur by the Deftones because right. uh, that one means a whole hell of a lot to me um, probably Anima by Tool I think that's yeah. uh, that's a kind of like a given as well and the final one uh, what are you doing this to me Chuck I used to like you but now I hate you um, my final one. Oh man. Oh fuck it. Life is killing me by typo negative. I'm gonna regret that one, but uh fuck it. I 
we'll, we'll shove that in there. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> don't know. I don't. I've been listening to a lot of typo negative recently, so um, that's why that made it. Um, his second question, and this one is God. There's squarely, another one. <laughs> yeah, this is squarely pegged at you, Baz, because I don't right. even know what he's on about here. Does also does West Bromwich Albion, with its nine wins in the Premier League, have a chance at winning it all? What do you think, Chuck? No, they are. Now, I'm not a big follower of English football, um, but having a quick glance at the league table here, they are currently sitting in pride of place in number 13, um, and they are 21 points behind the league leaders. So no, but the, the English Premier League will be won by the famous Glasgow Rangers anyway. So <laughs> that's uh, a given. A given. And my money's on them. Just my that- money's on them for the World Cup. Yeah, just after they, they, they get back from travelling back in time and stopping the bullet that was aiming for JFK's head. <laughs> that was a weird segue into a kind of historical fact there, McLeish. That's leave, leave, leave the football stuff to me, sir. That's what I do, Buzz. <laughs> um, so uh, another new listener uh, and new contributor to the page, uh, Dean Martin says, What's your earliest horror memories? And which movie dragged you into the world of horror fandom? Um, so what's your what's your earliest memory of horror movies, uh, Baz? And what was the movie that actually made you think, yeah, I'm a horror fan? Um, I'm going to answer the segment first. I think the, the movie that turned me into a horror fan, in all honesty, was Wreck. Yeah. <laughs> which was my first film that I did on Baz V Horror, Dean. I don't know if you've gone back through the old episodes, maybe, but that was the first show I ever appeared on. And Wreck was picked as the first horror film I would see because I'm an um, evil bastard obviously yeah and I genuinely I look from the, I think because I enjoyed the whole experience of that as much as I did that kind of hooked me in and really sent me on a mission in terms of Baz V horror so yeah, yeah. that's probably mine you've and, always been chasing that buzz haven't you that wreck yeah, buzz yeah I, oh, definitely I, I, maybe the way we've gone in the sort of second and third year We've maybe moved away from, you know, did it scare you and all that kind of thing, you know. But yeah, certainly in the first year, everything get compared to Wreck. Mm-hmm. Everything get compared to Wreck. And even now, any type of found footage or anything gets compared to Wreck. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've watched Wreck, I think about four times now. You know, Zan did the whole fucking four movies on the trot with the kid at one point and that's so yeah, I love Wreck. And that was definitely, it was a great, it was a blinded choice by you and Graham for my first film. Um, because it just uh, inspired me to keep going. Um, and my first horror memory, my wife had actually read this question out to me earlier on, I did have a chance to think about this and I'm glad she did. Um, yeah, I, was go- I was going to go with something like Jaws, but I actually, a memory came back to me, which I hadn't thought of in years and years and years, when I was really quite small. I can't remember if we were in Stirling or Burnt Island. My dad grew up in a place in Fife called Burnt Island. Yeah, I know But that. he was born in Stirling uh, and moved to Burnt Island when he was a wee boy kind of thing. And we used to go to those two places quite a lot when I was wee on holiday. My gran and grandpa still lived in uh, Burnt Island at the time. Um, and it was either in Burnt Island or it was in Stirling. We went to the cinema. It, it was, obviously, this would be back kind of in the late 70s. So there wasn't an awful lot to do in terms of entertainment and stuff like that. So we went to the cinema. I was just quite wee. And they basically took me in. I think there was only this one film shown that they could go to at that time. 
and I shouldn't have been allowed in. I was far too young, but I think the fact I was so young, they thought he won't watch any of this. He's just a wee kid. He'll just fall asleep. And it was, I think it was called some like picnic at Hanging Rock or something like that. And it was this kind of kids on a school trip to this fucking rock place or something. And they all start vanishing while they're there or something. And uh, the oddest, I, I just remember being really, really uncomfortable. And I actually began to wonder if going back to that was maybe the roots of my... I can't remember if it was a straight-up horror film or if it was more like a suspense-type thing. But um, I think it was supposed to be a horror film with these kids vanishing. Mm. Uh, And I had honestly not thought of that, and I I can't even remember the last time that memory passed through my head until my wife read this question earlier, but I think that would be my first-ever exposure to horror. As I've always said, my mum kept me away from horror a lot as a child, mostly through the video nasty period she was seeing this on the news about these video nasties you know and that was it I wasn't allowed to see those things so mm-hmm. but yeah I think picnic at hanging rock ah there you go I might actually have to check this out um, yeah. it's not one I'm familiar with so and it sounds sure, quite it's interesting something like that picnic at hanging rock or black rock or something like that I think it's hanging rock anyway what about yourself Duncan Hey, my earliest horror memory. Um, I think my earliest horror memory, and I vaguely remember this, and it's been relayed back to me, so how much of it's my memory and how much of it's the story I have been told. But when I was four, um, Frankenstein, the universal classic Frankenstein, um, was on, and when the monster died at the end, I cried for the monster. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it killed kill the poor beast. Um so that's probably my earliest memory, but I don't really, I couldn't say, you know, I remember it all. I think the earliest memory I have that's a full memory of horror movies was <laughs> at a very impressionable, inappropriate age watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Just and fucking weird babysitter. Ba- babysitter and the end of that movie terrified the fuck out of me. Um, like her getting grabbed and pulled through the, through even though the it was door. a fake dummy, you terrified the shit out of me um, <laughs> so there's that the movie that dragged me into horror fandom um, this is good. it's about the same time period actually and I thought this movie was fucking bitching um, and after that I craved anything remotely on the same lines and it was Maniac Cop um, oh, right. I saw Maniac Cop it was maybe the following weekend because uh, I'd obviously seen a scary movie, so the babysitter brought another scary movie, and it was uh, the that Cop, which isn't really scary, um, but I remember just being like, "This is the coolest shit ever!" I just want to watch more movies like Maniac Cop, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of opened my door to, you know, things like the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and you know, the, the movies that like even even the quirky eighties stuff like critters and gremlins you know just like really weird weird movies child's play um and i kind of got dragged up through it that way so i, I mean i i'm a child of the 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 80s vhs horror boom um where i used to go with my my parents to the video store and stand for hours <laughs> looking at 
VHS cases and picking the one that looked the most bizarre and getting that to take home because we're fairly relaxed for me anyway with movies and um, just going home and watching just some fucked up nonsense. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's probably that's probably my answer. Jamie Wilson says, "Are you ready for an Ace holiday in the states?" I think this one's aimed at me, Baz. Thanks, so uh, And are you feeling good about leaving Baz at the helm at Teapots? No. Answer your question. No. No one is ever happy when they have to leave Baz with the keys to the castle. That's true. However, what we need to to, to recognise is Baz is an adult. There's nothing we can do about that. (laughs) (laughs) We just have to hope that he'll act in a responsible manner. Uh, And just make sure you go over everything with one of those UV lights when you get home. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to be off the grid as such. Um, I'm going to be in the States. Wi-Fi's pretty good in the States, so I'll still be interacting on the page, just not as much, uh, and obviously in a different time zone. And this show will go out as scheduled. Uh, it's all it's all going to be set up, so it'll go out as scheduled, so you don't need to worry about anything like that. Baz will keep the, the home fires burning as he does on the Instagram, on the Twitters and on the Facebook to keep you all in check. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to going away. I'm going to be catching up with... Um, a couple of buddies of mine from the Midnight Horror Show when I land in DC and that is huge for me because I've been podcasting with them for two years and never met them so uh, very much looking forward to meeting Dr. Dark and Danny Trioxin <clears throat> if that is his real name uh, so, <laughs> so the, uh, no, no pressure for you Baz you're, you're all set to, to, to kind of take over the, the, the mansion oh it's an absolute piece of piss mate piece of piss <laughs> no problem with the Baz sir Thanks for belittling my position. Um, <laughs> Ricky Morgan says, and by the way, Ricky Morgan has a bitchin' podcast, the Hail Ming Power Hour. Uh, you need to go and listen to it. They're on Legion Podcast Network. They're fucking awesome. Is that love a Flash show. Gordon reference in his podcast it, name there? It is indeed. I love the fact that they do... Uh, <laughs> it's just that the goofiness of the show makes me love it like more than anything. Um, the, him and his, his co-host deliberately tell falsehoods about movies and actors um, but they just play it off as real and whenever a falsehood's mentioned they have a clip of Brian Blessed saying Helming <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it uh, Ricky's, Ricky's a good guy and he cites this podcast as an influence so I'm immensely proud and honoured he says what is the first movie moment that scared you that still has the power over you even now that is a fucking great question. Um, I've got my answer right away. Go for it, Buzz. The head rolling out the bottom of the boat in Jaws. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, even now, it was fucking hilarious. We watched Jaws with my daughter. I think I spoke about this in the podcast about a year ago. Um, I wanted her to see Jaws kind of thing, just to see, you know, it doesn't all have to be hordes of zombies and all this, you know. Um, and she absolutely loved it. And I, 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 even now, I'm saying, oh, God, he's going under the boat. <laughs> you know, oh, there's the hole. Here it comes, here it comes. And the head popped out, and my wife just about shat herself. <laughs> and she's, she's seen Jaws umpteen times as well. But uh, I, I still get the, the fucking jitters waiting for that head to come out. But I can vividly remember shitting myself when I was quite young. That was one of the very few horror films I saw as an, you know, an actual child uh, and that bit when the head pops at the bottom of that boat scared the crap out of me 
There you go. Uh, my one's an old one as well. It doesn't necessarily scare me, but I, I, I get shivers up my spine whenever it happens. Um, and I know, once again, I know it's going to happen all the time, but it's the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 70s. Um, and at the end of that movie, famously, and this is uh, if this is a spoiler alert, I really do apologise, but this movie is like almost 50 years old, so sorry. Um, but the the very end of the movie, we think her character is safe, and she bumps into Donald Sutherland's character, and he is one of the pod people, and he points at her and releases this scream, and the camera moves in his face, like in a close-up, and it terrified me the first time I watched it, and every time I hear the noise and see his face, which is just the most unnatural-looking thing, um, I get, you know, I get a, a kind of chill. Um, now that I've been saying that, I know exactly what my answer is. <laughs> my answer is Ringu, uh, the Japanese Ring movie. When Sadako climbs at the TV every single time, uh, my bills come out my arsehole. Uh, <laughs> it really does every fucking time. The American one, that sequence does nothing for me, but the fact it's practical in the, the original Japanese one and she actually does come out a TV screen, scared the living fuck out of me then, and even now... It terrifies me. <laughs> so there, there, there you go. Uh, Court comes back to say, uh, since uh, Duncan is coming to the States, can we get that pesky knife fight out of the way and move on with our lives? Now, Court, I would love to. There's nothing greater that I would love to do than engage you in a knife fight. But my wife will be there and uh, I have promised her seven weeks of pleasure. So, wrapped up in seven days. That's I was going I to say, how fucking long are you going on holiday? Oh, a full seven weeks and seven days, Baz. That's how I operate. That's how I operate. Um, and I'm a lover, not a fighter. Baz is a knife fighter. And I can't let him go into America with a knife because there'll be none of you left. No, so. and um, my good uh, fighting knife is actually in hell at the moment, getting sharpened by Satan. <laughs> so um, I am knifeless at the moment. Now's your time to strike. Uh, right, so this is Joseph's question, and this is oh fucking hell. Joseph says, "What's the bad's favourite style of flashlight?" <laughs> right, and the reason oh. I'm fucking laughing so goddamn hard is there's only one person in this fucking podcast who doesn't own one of them, and it's me. <laughs> I believe you were bought one as a birthday present. Is that right, Don? Yeah, by by a creepy friend we no longer speak to who yeah. thought it was appropriate to buy his friend a flashlight for his 30th. And then want to get together to compare notes on them. Yes, between me, Dave and himself, he wanted he wanted tips on technique and stuff like that. And I was like that, yeah, I'm not going to do that. See yeah. you later. No, um, and I the reason I wouldn't have one is I don't require one because a number of years ago I paid to have a vagina implanted in the palm of my hand. <laughs> so... Um, I no longer require anything like that. I thought you were going to say something like, what's your favourite style of fleshlight? Like, I'll live rattlesnake. Uh, <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. I use Vag Hand. Vag Hand. That has its own Vag Hand. That one there, you just heard that's when it's riding to the rescue on a horseback <laughs> to save the wagon train. Vag Hand. <laughs> Oh, I'm fucking making a video up of that tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm making a directorial <laughs> debut on YouTube tonight. The Adventures of Vag Hand. 
he's, he's second question, and this is the last oh, question well, overall. He says, question, he says, and how much Crown Royal am I smuggling back with it? A lot to wipe out the memory of fucking Vajhan. Enough that'll kill those brain cells. I, I may try and bring a bottle back. If I do, I'll be saving it for a certain uh, Baz V Horror anniversary number three. Or, uh, I was actually thinking about this. Show 100 might happen before then. I'm thinking a drunk a live show. <laughs> aye, alright. If there's drinking involved, I'll do it. It's booking like a true Scotsman. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, that was all the questions. Thank you very much for submitting your questions in to us. Remember, we also run a segment called Bazzy's Basement. If you want the Baz <laughs> to be an agony ant of sorts, uh, oh, emphasis on the emphasis on the agony um, then you can send us in a question or ask for advice from the Baz by emailing to podcastunderthestairs at gmail.com and putting in the header Baz's basement no question is too difficult for the Baz to answer um, yet we've not come across one that he can't yet and I don't think we'll ever come at that point um, so what we're going to do is take a very short break when we come back myself and Baz are closing out this show right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs. This has been bonus episode number 16, aka the episode that was flung together at the last minute. <laughs> The episode that wouldn't fucking die. Yeah, the episode that wouldn't record first and then wouldn't fucking die. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to thank every listener for the podcast Under the Stairs who has supported this show, who has given us feedback. We've had tons of feedback recently on iTunes. I've got loads to post up. Um, thank you very much for that. I apologise for Bazzy's weird gimp thing that he posted. <clears throat> Which, yeah, the, the I'm still kind of trying to get the taste of sick in my mouth. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks very much to everyone who left us some feedback on iTunes. Like I keep saying, and I know it sounds like a broken record and it comes across as me being needy, but it really is the best way to support the show. If you're an iTunes subscriber, you use the podcast app, it takes two seconds to jump over and leave us a bit of feedback. If it's five stars, and believe it or not, this, this show has had only five star reviews and I'm overwhelmed by that. I think that's incredible. The more of them we get, the higher up the iTunes charts we get pushed, the more likely people out there will come across this show and there's been a ton of people recently who have just kind of lucked into the show right at the right time actually Baz V the Evil Dead seemed to bring in quite a lot of new listeners and people have been churning through the back catalogue um, clambering for more of the Baz there'll be plenty of them this year but there's tons of them on some of the archive stuff some of his best shows um, some of the funny shows we've ever done actually are out there for you to check out so, so make sure you do that but leave us some feedback on iTunes it is heavily appreciated um, and yeah, I think I think that's the the big thing for for me. Thank you for sending all your questions, and that was fun. We should, I know we say this all the time. We should do this more often, but then I realise how smutty some of the answers can get, and then I'm, I realise I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need them. Uh, Baz, did you have fun? I had a blast. I, I'd like to thank all the listeners that chipped in with their daft questions. It did make a a hastily flung together show worthwhile <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had a real laugh and, and to Chris there in Rossi I hope I didn't offend you too much Chris it's just a wee bit of banter I'm sure that he gets that <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully he's not sharpening his knife because he knows you don't have one now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, this is the filler episode. I will be away. So my activity on the Facebook page when this episode drops will probably be at minimum. But I'll, I'll be... I'll be contactable, but not really at the same time. I'm, I'm trying to chill out. Baz will tell you I have a tendency to, even when I take time off, I never really take time off. I'm always planning the next thing for this show. So I'm kind of looking forward to just getting away from things for a wee while, um, for a week, and then come back. The episode that will drop after I come back, so the week after this, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I'll get something sorted for that. It'll probably be another cobbled together show. And then after that, regular service will commence. Um, but yeah, it's. I think um, I also just want to say a quick thanks to those that have been checking out Chronicle, my, my sidecast. Um, a lot of guys from the podcast Under the Stairs page have been going over and checking out that show. And your feedback is honestly, it's the most humbling thing to read. It's incredible. And I'm so glad that people are getting out of the show what I was intending when I made it. So uh, thank you very much for that. It's went very sappy, considering we were talking about Vachand like five five minutes ago. Yeah. So I need I need to kind of bring it back to some sort of kind of whimsical humour. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. So, so Baz, you've got a Vachand. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Thanks very much for supporting that that show as well. That means a whole lot to me. Um, and thanks very much for everyone that went out and bought copies of Lost After Dark for Bo. Um, Bo does a lot of things for Legion Podcast Network, a ton of them, and he is the only person I know that's actually wrote a film that's now available on DVD that I could speak to, you know, the way that I could speak to him whenever I want. He's the only guy that's done that. And um, yeah, it, when that show went up, people really started to, oh, I need to go and buy that, I need to go and check that out. And that's huge. Um, the more support he gets through sales, the more likely is he'll get his next project off the ground. And I know that I want to see more stuff written by Bill Ransdell. Uh, Baz, you you uh, are going to be checking it out, aren't you? I am. I'm genuinely thinking of going round to Asda when I come off this and picking up. Although I was getting this a bit later uh, in the evening than it was supposed to be. Obviously, yeah. due to our problems earlier on, so I might go down tomorrow and pick it up. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go and grab a copy. I can't believe it's on sale in Asda in the old Sunny Grange mouth. It's weird. It's, it's like really weird, actually. Annoyingly, I was actually walking around the DVDs the other day. But just did a kind of quick glance. I was killing time waiting for a pizza to get made. Yeah, it's, it'd only just come out today. Today was the release date, so you wouldn't have seen it. Oh, right, I, I went in during the week last week to try and find it and couldn't find it and was frustrated and then realised actually. And then I bought it off Amazon and as this cheaper. <laughs> so, <laughs> damn you, Amazon! <laughs> um, but yeah, so so for those that are still interested in that, go and check it out. You can, like Baz was saying, you can get an Asda for £7. I mean, that's it's like a couple of beers. And you're supporting someone that supports this show. So, yeah. Um, Baz. Duncan. There is a multitude of ways to check out this show online. Like I said earlier on, you can check us out on iTunes, but you can also listen to us through Stitcher Smart Radio. You can check us out on SoundCloud. You can check out our website at tputzcast.com. Our Facebook group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. And we are a proud member of Legion Podcast Network, surrounded by some of the best genre podcasts out there. Um, some of my favourite that I listen to all the time are over there. So check out legionpodcasts.com. Uh, Baz, you're in charge of two arms of our, our, our social media network. 
Apparently so. I thought it was just in charge of tw uh, Twitter, but... <laughs> I don't really... I, I, I kind of neglect Instagram. I keep forgetting I've got it. So you really kind of push that, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Twitter account um, is at tputzcast. Um, and we get quite a lot of interaction, actually, now on Twitter um, for quite a long time. No, there's plenty of folk following us, but they didn't interact so much. But quite a lot of the listeners actually chip in and contact us via Twitter now, and there's always some good banter over there. So if you're not following us on Twitter, check it out. If you don't have Twitter, sign up, it's free. You only need to follow <laughs> us at tputzcast um, and if you're on Instagram our Instagram account is the same it's tputzcast as well and we now have a whopping 110 followers on that so we broke through the 100 follower barrier we took a wee while to get there but we're through it and we seem to be picking up more and more people on a kind of regular basis so I'm actually quite pleased with how the old Instagram page is going um, our competition is the competition. Oh no, well it won't be live by the time this comes out. But we go. Got... Yeah, by the time this comes out, we will have announced the winner yeah. on our page. So, so we're getting, um, some, we're getting a, a reasonable amount of entries into that as well. So it's yeah, like... I think I think last time I counted, I mean it's officially closes today, the day of our recording, yeah. not the day of the release. So I think we got twelve entries, which was more than I was expecting. I think so there's at least one if not two others that they didn't manage to tag it properly but I did specifically tell those people that it was okay we would include them so we'll need to cool so well, we'll do something interactive before I go away on holiday where we will announce the winner and then I'll get it posted out when I come back yep. and you win that horror block thanks very much everyone for, for doing that as well it's a huge huge thing for us and remember you can pimp us out to friends that's a really good way um, to, to get especially our Twitter the Follow Friday stuff's excellent uh, and that's a really great community that does all that but same with um, Instagram feel free to take a screenshot and send it and pimp us around your friends um, we do not mind being passed around like a cheap hooker um, not at all so but I quite like it Baz really likes it especially yeah. if you call him Sally that's right um, so, <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything else left to say thanks very much for bearing with us this show is a shambles yeah. um, apologies for any fucking parts of my speech that you can't hear because of my frankly shoddy fucking computer set up earlier on I wasn't going to mention that but <laughs> yeah. nah, man, it was fucking horrendous anyway. I hope it didn't fade your listening too much <laughs> Uh, Baz, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners, please? Goodbye and farewell for now, listeners. I will speak to you all very soon. Um, thank you very much for supporting this show. Whatever you're up to, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, hope you're safe and um, I'll speak to you very soon. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs. I wanted to make that sound kind of creepy. Uh, and I'm signing off. Didn't Bye, everyone. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs>
Got this 